Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This is a podcast dedicated to providing meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not, not, we are coming to you live from the city of Portland, that is, the city of roses. And today on Job Seekers Radio, we are going to start a multi-part series to discover the process for networking. This seems to be one of our most popular topics, but networking is one of the things that we feel most strongly about uh, because it is the most effective way to find work when you're looking for it, whether you're employed or not. It's been our experience that networking is really the most effective. It's not the only thing that works, but it is something that will work consistently. And the foundation of this podcast is actually based on our experiences. So we're sharing this with you. Knowing that networking is now the most effective method to find search, most people will come back to us and we've gotten your feedback. So thank you. Uh, that networking or how to do it is really a big question in a lot of people's minds. So we are going to do this multi-part series so that you can understand the anatomy of a networking conversation. So sometimes you approach people and you're afraid, right? So reaching out to new people can be a fearful experience. And when the subject of networking comes up, it seems to be uh, overwhelming. There's so much that I don't know, or there's so much that I have to do. And what we're going to try to do in this series is to talk about specific parts of the networking experience so that it doesn't feel like it's too much to chew. Approaching networking In that way, we try to make it very simple so that you don't feel overwhelmed. We're going to give you some very simple guidelines that anybody can use, whether you're uh, out of work and finding something new or looking to get a promotion, Um, networking within your company or whatever that context might be. You can use any of these techniques that we're going to talk about. More importantly, though, the folks that we coach at Breakfast Club are in a position where they're out of work and maybe haven't had interviews or gotten offers in a long time. In fact, there was a gentleman just came recently who had been out for a year and hadn't gotten an offer. Know that this is a way for you to jumpstart your search if you're in that position, um, to try something different, try something new. And this episode, we're going to find ways to help you schedule meetings with the right people. We talk a lot about planning and preparing. We want you to take an approach that works for you, but we also want to share some ideas that have worked for us and worked for the people that we've coached. When we're talking about the approach, it really is how do you set yourself up? What what are the things that you want to be aware of so that you're mindful as you begin? We want this process to start in a good place so that the rest of it happens fairly organically, but you're taking a mindful approach. You, you know what to expect and if somebody throws you a curveball, how to hit that curveball. The thing that we're focused on today is how do we actually schedule meetings with individuals? There's plenty of ways to find people to meet at group events, and we're not downplaying that experience. In fact, we'll talk about that in another episode. Correct. The approach we're taking with this particular episode is it's a, it's about the people and how do I find the right person And how do I meet with them? And um, how do I set up that conversation? Now, that could come from a group event. Um, Most people that we run into are on LinkedIn, whether it's uh, a new job seeker or somebody that's at a company. LinkedIn is an exceptional search engine to find people to meet. A lot of people have said to me personally, and I'm sure Andrew has heard it too, that they don't trust such a large uh, website or or web-based company. And 
I, I understand, especially as different companies are hacked and all kinds of personal information goes out. Fortunately, the kind of information that is housed on LinkedIn is the kind of information you want to be public, uh, at least to a certain degree. It has become the go-to for many recruiters, many companies who don't have other ways to to scout out good, good talent. LinkedIn is an easy way to start, and we've said it in other podcasts where uh, that one of the advantages of LinkedIn is that those who are looking for you and others, they're getting the same format of that resume every time. So they can find the information they're looking for faster and easier. LinkedIn is a good source for all of us. Be aware of how much information you put on it. For example, you don't want to put your personal address out. Uh, I don't even think you can publish your phone number, but there are ways for you to be in touch in secure ways. There's plenty of security settings inside LinkedIn to make sure that your profile is is not too public, if you know what I mean. Uh, the, the good part is that everybody's putting their data there, okay? Right. And as much as it's important for you to have good data there, it's even more important that other people are putting their things there so you can find them. Right. Right. So if you're in, for instance, let's say project management, it's very easy for you to go in and say, show me people that are in project management at my target companies. Boop. There's a whole list of people I can meet now. Yeah. And so it's not very complicated. Um, so if you're not used to doing that, going reaching out to somebody cold, then don't. You know, reach out to the people who are connected to that person and do your practice with those people. Absolutely. Uh, so your first degree connections on LinkedIn are actually a good resource to get you to the second degree. And that's a good way to kind of short circuit that process. Another advantage of using LinkedIn in this fashion is that for those first uh, level connections that you have on LinkedIn that you don't actually keep in contact with, here's something that you can discuss with them simply by starting out with the question, how has this worked for you? And you sort of rekindle that connection that you made and when you first connected with them. And so you, it doesn't have to be a cold call even with those uh, whom you don't know well. Uh, so that's LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great source to find the right people to meet at your target companies. It's a little more direct and pragmatic than uh, crossing your fingers and going to a group event and right. hoping somebody is going to be there that you know. Not right. the, so group events actually is a good place to meet people, to meet new people. I also wouldn't ignore your friends and family. Uh, a lot of the people that are most vested in helping you are your closest friends and family. And, and not using them, but certainly leaning on them for practice through this process, if you're not familiar with it, is a good strategy. Having them part of the search can also be helpful. If they can't help you by hiring you, they can help you by keeping their eyes open and looking. And and when they send you, I, I, I know this has been true for me when I was unemployed for quite a while. I had a couple of friends that continued to send me job leads that they would see. They would actually take their time to look just to try and help me because we always want to help the people that we care about. So in this fashion, let them know that you would appreciate that. And when they send it to you, thank them, whether it was a good lead or not, be sure to express your appreciation so they continue to watch for you. We actually did a whole podcast episode on gratitude. I'll leave the link into that in the show notes. Another resource are former colleagues. If you have been laid off from a company, a lot of people feel like, hey, those people are now my enemy. 
And that couldn't be further from the truth. These people are probably going through survivor guilt, maybe feel like they should have been the one to go. Uh, so stay in contact with those people because they're a good source of referral. We often use the, the kind of thumbnail number that each person you meet is a conduit to 250 people you don't know, which is pretty shocking when you think about it. Everybody has a circle of about 200 to 250 people right. that aren't in yours. Well, and consider the fact that the, a big chunk of that, probably the vast majority, are not close friends. Their circle of close friends might be five or six people, but that does not count all of the people they know and could actually speak to about your skills. Um, or just the fact that they like you. Uh, it, it can start a conversation. If you're working, one thing you might consider if there's any service providers or contractors or people that you're already interacting with, uh, don't overlook those, those relationships, whether it's a vendor or a, a contractor or a consultant, somebody in your company that's there, build a relationship with that person. I mean, you're on the job. You might as well say, hey, you know, can we connect on LinkedIn? Hey, would you like to get together and have a conversation? Well, and think about that. We've just said, if you're unemployed, reach out to those who are continuing on at your former company. If you're the one at the former company, reach out to the people that have left because that can also add to the conversation. The fact that you care enough to reach out to them makes them feel good. And as they are looking, which they will be, they can be looking with you in mind as well. So that really becomes a, a two-way street. Another thing about the, the different people that you work with, whether they're vendors or, um, or internal customers or, or partners, these folks will also be having similar thoughts if they are, if, if you're working in a company where perhaps the culture isn't one that you want to stick with, the chances are pretty good you have coworkers feeling the same way. So as you work together, this can open up new opportunities for you. Maybe not breaking off into your own company and start doing a startup, but certainly keeping those creative juices flowing and the connections in between them. How to reach out. We've given you a list of potential people that you could speak with. And so the next step in this process really is, how do I reach out to these people? What do I say? How do I not appear to be, how should I say it, selfish or self-interested or only out for me? Uh, I just feel uncomfortable with that. I'm not good at sales. You know, all those things that start going through your mind. This is probably one of the bigger hurdles that we see and that we've experienced. It's not that we're, we're removed from that. Um, and w the first thing that comes to my mind when we come to this is coming back to the idea that we've spoken about uh, in other podcasts, uh, having a project to work on. And we'll, we'll talk about that later in this series as well. But the, um, the idea that I'm working on something gives me something to discuss so that as I'm reaching out to people in whatever form that takes, I can talk about something that does not have any um, emotional baggage associated with it. It can just start a conversation. How you know this person should probably be the way that you communicate with them. If it's a good friend of mine, I've got their cell number. Maybe it's a text message or a phone call, or maybe I'm seeing them at church on the weekends. Whatever that might be, look at the, the relationship you have, and that will probably lead you to the method of communication to initiate a networking conversation. Right. I'm a big believer in in-person conversation. If you are 
close enough with that person. You don't have to be close friends or family. If you see this person regularly, it makes sense to have an in-person conversation. Don't rely on the half uh, of the equation uh, in, in terms of communication to call them on the phone. You lose a minimum of 50% uh, of your ability to communicate effectively when you're not in person. By moving to email, this reduces it down to as little as 3% of your ability to communicate effectively because everything has to be in the words you choose. Now, that's not to say that email is not effective. Email is very effective. It's safe. There is the ability to read something and not respond so they don't feel on the spot. Um, there are ways, for example, if you're asking them for information, it gives them the opportunity to do research. Email is a really good tool, but if you don't know that person through email, take advantage of the way you do interact with them normally and interact with them that way when you start talking about networking. Not everybody is going to say yes. Use whatever method it takes to get the, the meeting set up. So if you, if you send an email, you don't hear anything, hit them up with a text message. If you, they don't respond to a text message, do a phone call. Keep it incubated over time if it's yeah. somebody you really want to build relationship with. Otherwise, don't think that everybody's going to say yes. In fact, I would, I would uh, assume about half the people you reach out to will say yes to a networking conversation of some kind. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to meet them face-to-face. -face. The other thing I found is many people aren't able to meet face-to-face, -face, sure. and so phone is second best. In fact, many of the recruitment processes today do a lot of their interviewing over the phone before you ever step foot uh, for a face-to-face -face interview. Right. So the benefit there is you're practicing your phone communications for when you have a phone screen or phone interview with that company. And phone screens are particularly helpful to companies uh, or organizations that uh, don't have a large um, recruiter uh, workforce. You know, they, they don't have three recruiters uh, working for this small startup, for example. They may have one person making all the calls, not only fielding those uh, applications that come in, but also looking for people that maybe it's a position they haven't published. They have very little free time. They've got to get through an awful lot of calls. So being aware of that and, and respectful of their time, being prepared for that is really critical to the success of that phone screen. They want to know that you've prepared and that you know why you're applying for this position and for the, the organization where, where you're applying. So having that done up front is very helpful to them. Uh, with that said, your goal is to have an in-person interview when you're on the phone screen. And we talk about that more in other podcasts. Yeah, in fact, we did a whole podcast on interviewing. I'll leave that link also in the show notes. Uh, once we reach out to these people, you know, what should we say, right, to get them to say yes to a conversation? And, and sometimes it's just like, hey, remember me? We used to dot, 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 yeah. right? We, we used connect. to work together. We used to da, 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 together. You know, we used to, you know, play water polo together, whatever that might be. And it could be as something as innocuous as, hey, we met at a networking event last year, or uh, we had this friend in common who introduced us. Whatever that looks like, you want them to reconnect as best as both of you can, a uh, conversation that's happening now with the memory of their meeting. 
it's them focused. Yes. What I mean by that is the purpose of your call is to schedule a face meeting or a conversation, but it's about them and what it will do for them. In some cases, you're being introduced by a third party. You might say, hey, so-and-so said, I should call you. Do you have a minute for me? And by doing that, they're already saying, okay, I'm not standing there alone. I have so-and-so, Scott, whoever it might be, with me on that phone call or on that initial reach out, okay? And so the idea there is, hey, so-and-so said I should call you because of our similar interest in project management or interest in, uh, we were talking about art earlier, stone art, interestingly enough. Um, Whatever that might be, whatever the purpose of your meeting or interest Uh, Sometimes you'll get that information from the referring party. You'll want to ask them, hey, what do you think I should talk about with this guy? Well, you should talk about stone art. Okay, great. So when I call, I already have a script put together. Yes. Now, when it comes to them-focused conversations, it it can be difficult because we may not be completely aware of what the WIFM, the what's in it for me, would be for them. It clearly is starting with my need for finding a a job. So my need is pushing me to network and to meet these people who might be able to help me find a job. And that's going to be true for all of us. How do we then shift that to be a benefit to them. This is going to be dependent upon the introduction that was made and the person who made that introduction. What is the value that you bring to a conversation and where you're asking for information? We have talked about it in previous podcasts. We will talk about it in the future. Uh, The idea of being sure that you are looking at the value you bring, they want to feel important. That's the reason why you're talking to them. So if you're asking for information or advice or something that they can offer to make them feel better about talking to you, that's where the with them begins. If it's a referral-based introduction, you want to affirm to them, yes, so-and-so said I should call you, and yes, I'm looking for work, but let me be clear I'm not expecting you have a job for me. Yes. And so that's a way for you, even though you may not be working on a project or you don't have that kind of in your in your wheelhouse, so to speak. It could be that you're looking to get promoted or, or uh, uh, move to a higher level of responsibility in your company. So just letting them know, yes, I'm looking for work, but no, I don't need a job. Uh, is is a good way to kind of deflate that tension or that anxiety or that resistance you might feel exactly. for them to say, no, uh, I'm not interested in meeting with you. It sounds like you're a job seeker. I'm happy to get your resume over to Human Resources. And then that conversation is over. Right. We've, we've been talking about different ways to approach starting the conversation. There are a lot of things that we can do. We're only touching on them. Um, obviously, if you wanted to reach out to us via the, the, the podcast um, or the website, ask questions. If, if we're not touching on ideas that you have had uh, that you want to get us as a sounding board, please contact us. The, the, the way you do it is less important than the effectiveness of how you're doing it. All of our ideas may work very well for you. It's possible that none of these specific ideas do, but we can help you find the ones that will. Now you know how, a few techniques or at least strategies to getting started to setting up the meetings. I would encourage you to take a chance uh, today. 
to reach out to somebody that you know in the back of your mind, probably during this podcast that you they popped in there yeah. for whatever reason. Somebody is is now in your head. I encourage you, just reach out to them. Send them an email, send them a text, get together with them and have a conversation so that you can practice these skills. One of the things that I learned in the, in, in the theater uh, many years ago was what you practice, you perform. Every time you practice, whether it's a networking um, conversation in very general sense, an informational interview, or walking through the process with someone you love, it's practice. And every time you practice, you get better at it. You start to become aware of the things that may not work very well. But more importantly, you find out what works well. And those are the things you want to keep doing. Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Well, that does it for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. We have show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 015. So thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and attention is truly appreciated. Head over to iTunes, if you would please, so you can subscribe to receive future episodes. While you're there, would you do us a favor? Go ahead and leave a rating and review on this podcast so that we can get more people involved. We'd really appreciate your help. So for now, I'm Scott. I'm Andrew. Until next time. Until next time.